7.48 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana and Xiaoning. Now, the recent KL High Court decision in a property fraud case involving the Putucheri family is a cautionary tale about the lengths that con artists can go to deceive their targets. Now, this case involved a licensed real estate agent exploiting his position to cheat a client by drafting a fraudulent contract of sale in collusion with a woman masquerading as a lawyer and another man acting as the purchaser of the property. So the High Court ruled in favour of the property owners, declaring them not bound by the sham agreement and also ordered the three fraudsters to pay damages to the victimised party. Now, while this saga ultimately ended with the wrongdoers being held to account, it comes at the cost of years of uncertainty and frustration for the property owners involved and, of course, also all the legal costs. So what can prospective property property sellers do? to safeguard against unscrupulous actors. For some reactions to the case and really advice uh, for property owners, property buyers, property sellers everywhere, we have on the line with us uh, Tan Kian Aun, President of the Malaysian Institute of Estate Agents, or MIEA. Kian Aun, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, for me, the shocking feature of the Putucheri case is that the perpetrator is an actual legitimate real estate agent registered with professional bodies. From your vantage point, uh, how prevalent are fraud cases involving licensed agents? Hi, good morning, Shazana and Shani. Before I answer the question, I think I would like to address this uh, first. I think a lot of us, uh, especially in the public, are unaware that estate agency practice is actually regulated under the Act of Parliament. Mm. And uh, we as registered estate agents, we cannot actually do uh, simply do whatever we like to do. Right. For example, in a selling, renting, or even advertisement of uh, properties, whether it's a new property or secondary properties in Malaysia. So the, there are few types of uh, so-called license we have in Malaysia. Number one is being the registered estate agent. Mm. Uh, secondly, is the probationary estate agent. And thirdly, is what we call the uh, registered negotiators who work under a licensed estate agent. Mm. Now, uh your question whether these uh, fraud cases are prevalent or not. Uh, two things uh, I look at here. Number one is whether the cases are reported or not reported. Mm. Uh, being uh, what you call uh, in the practice, uh, like I said just now, the registered estate agent, okay, they are all regulated under the Board of Valuers uh, Appraiser Estate Agent and Property Managers in Malaysia. Like I said, uh, under the, there's an act we call the Act 242 or the Valuers Appraiser Estate and Properties Manager Act uh, 1981 that uh, states the definition of estate agency uh, practice. Now, this kind of what we call fraud case mm. sometimes involve a registered estate agent who is uh, registered under the board and some are being uh, conducted or being made by people who are not registered with the board, that means they are illegal agents who are untraceable, they act as an uh, estate agent without an authority to practice. Mm. So when we look into these uh, cases, because I used to be in the, I serve as a board of, uh, the member, a board member of the uh, uh, authority, which is called the uh, Board of Value Appraiser Estate and Property Managers in Malaysia. They are... Uh, Fraud cases, they are, if you ask me, there are not many fraud cases that were being uh, reported mm-hmm. in, in that kind of severity, like what uh, happened in the recent case. 
But we do have a lot of uh, cases that are being reported, uh, especially in contractual, uh, what they call contents. It's like uh, sometimes the agent uh, uh, put in some false advertisement. Okay. They put in some misleading things, you know, or advertising mm. without permission, stuff like that. Okay. So I'm curious, what mechanism does MIEA have to hold its member agents to account for misconduct? And these, of course, the legitimate real estate agents. Yeah, okay. Uh, first of all, MIE is not the uh, statutory body under yeah. the Act. Yeah, the, the Board of Valuers, Appraisers, Stage and Property Managers is the statutory body. Mm. But as MIEA, uh, what we can do is, uh, you know, we if you are a member of MIEA, of course, we can cease your membership. And uh, of course, we will also uh, have a mechanism in the sense that we uh, do a lot of awareness campaign, you know, uh, to the public so that they do not deal with illegal or unregistered estate agents. And uh, why we insist that is uh, for information, if you deal with an unregistered person, right, they, if they cheat you or they conduct some fraud, uh, the chances of you detecting them after the fraud is uh, very minimal because they could be using some fake names, fake business card mm. or fake numbers. You can't detect them. But if you deal with a registered estate agent or registered negotiator, their name is registered in the Board of Valuer Presentation Property Managers. Their identity is there. So in the event they do anything wrong, you can always report to the board. You can trace them. You know where who is this person, you know where the firm is, you know how to contact them because they, the board has their details. So the chances of dealing with uh, an illegal unregistered, mm. you know, like I said, if anything happens, chances are you, know, you couldn't get them. On that so, note then, Ken Aun, how do we identify a registered real estate agent from a non-legitimate one? Is there a type of directory that we can key the name in to find out? How, how do we ascertain that? Yes. Uh, a registered person, you can actually go to the board website uh, under lppeh.gov.my. Mm-hmm. There's a search tab that public can actually access. What you can do is you key in their name or their, they call registration number, we call it REN number or REA number because every individual registered at the board will have their own, uh, what we call a REN number or PEA number of REA number. Mm. So their name will be published on the website. If their name is not there, that means they are not registered at the board. If the public is still unsure, they can always call MIA or the board to assist them in verifying the the identity of this uh, person. Yeah. Okay, but ensuring that an agent is licensed is one element. But as this recent Puducherry case shows, isn't a guarantee that the dealings will be above board. So what other due diligence measures should I take before working with an agent and throughout the process? Yeah, okay. That, that's a very good question because uh, a lot of people are, are not sure about this again. Uh, first thing is when you deal with a so-called negotiator or agent, number one is always insist uh, on their identity. Ask them for their so-called, uh, there's a rent tag we call, or there's a tag uh, that they carry, ID they carry, uh, which is issued by the board. It's mm. not their ordinary business card, right? This tag is issued by the board and it's the same, you know, uh, throughout the country. So everybody should be carrying the same type of, uh, that we call the, the rent tag. And uh, of course, make sure that they are registered the board and the rent tag is not advertised. Of course, sometimes we also inform the public is that 
sometimes common sense prevails, right? Uh, if there are some deal that is too good to be true, or sometimes they ask you to deposit money into their personal account, or sometimes the agent unable to explain the process. So there are certain red flags that we ourselves need to check out too. And especially when the agents, when you see an advertisement on internet, whether on social media or, or whatever, that does not have their identity, their rent numbers, we call real estate negotiator number. If that's not published there, chances that they are not registered bought, and I would not recommend uh, you guys to deal with a person who has no identity. So there is some basic uh, uh, due diligence when you do. And I always ask, I tell the informed public, when you deal with a negotiator and agent, ask them some simple questions. You know, if a negotiator has uh, not done anything or they are not familiar, you know something is not right. Because mm. a negotiator agent has to go through for registered estate agent, like you mentioned, licensed estate agent, they need to go through a test. They need to have uh, go through the uh, interview before they issue and we call an authority to practice. Whereas the negotiator, they need, are required to attend a two-day course, right? We call an NCC mm. course, negotiator certification certification course, before they actually uh, can uh, practice uh, estate agency practice. So, you know. Uh, that's one thing uh, we want to be make sure that the public is aware. And, and just for information, uh, if they are registered the board, any wrongdoing, the board can actually take disciplinary action on these people. Mm. So they need to be very uh, careful in what they do. So these are some things that I would advise the public to do. Ken Aung, thanks very much for speaking to us. That was Tan Ken Aung, President of the Malaysian Institute of Estate Agents, walking us through some of the due diligence processes that all parties in property dealings should really take into consideration, especially when working with real estate agents. Make sure you identify that they are registered because yeah. that's the only way they can be held accountable. So aside from the website, check their cards, right? Because that card is special to the agency. The other thing is, of course, if it's too good to be true, it's likely to be a scam and always get your own independent legal advice. All right, 7.59 in the morning. We're heading into the 8 a.m. news bulletin. Uh, and then after that, on the Breakfast Grill, I'm speaking to Professor Serena Nick Zainal, Professor of Genomic Medicine and Bioinformatics at the University of Cambridge. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9.